let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. Let's pray. Dear God, we, we thank You for Your Word. We thank You for this psalm. We thank You for the encouragement that it holds for us. We thank You for the truths that the psalmist had written down in it. God, let our hearts and our minds be open to what those truths are and let them really sink into our souls so that we can find where we should place our ultimate hope because You are our ultimate help. God. I want to give You all the praise, all the honor and glory for You are the only one worthy of it. Amen. So again, I, I love this psalm. I, I love the psalms in general. Um, basically, they're songs, right? They were songs that, that God's people had written down and, and they could go to over and over again to find uh, comfort in who God is and God's attributes. And the one thing I love about psalms and just a lot of songs in general is that some, most of the time they don't bring new information to the table they kind of shed light on already existing information. All the truths that, that David, David was the one credited for this psalm, all the truths that he's writing in the psalm are not new to the people of God. And so a lot of times songs do this too. And, and my favorite genre is kind of folk, singer, songwriter, storytelling types of songs. So somebody like, like Bob Dylan is huge on this. His song... Hurricane is probably one of my favorite songs of all times. And, and it takes a story about a true, a true man, a, a black guy who was convicted of a crime that he didn't commit. It wasn't a brand new thing that Bob Dylan brought out, but it was a situation that happened and he turned it into a song. Some uh, protest song, like Bill Withers wrote a song called I Can't Write Left-Handed, or Billy Joel, Goodnight Saigon. These are not new situations that, that they're writing these songs about. It's existing information that they're using the medium of song to bring about a new kind of haunting way of viewing these truths. And more recently, John Mayer wrote a song, Waiting on the World to Change. I guess I shouldn't say recently because it was like 15 years ago. But he, he wrote a song called Waiting on the World to Change. It's kind of more of a contemporary idea. He's basically talking about he wants the world to change. He doesn't want this fighting to keep on happening overseas. See, all these things were taking what's happening in the culture and the events at that time, and they're expressing them through songs. And I think that is exactly what's happening here with David in this psalm today. So Psalm 121, some commentators call it the soldier's psalm or the traveler's psalm. Basically, when it was written, David was probably in the middle of traveling, either going to war, coming from war, or just on a perilous voyage. So in that voyage, David was looking for help, looking for guidance. Like, this is hard. I can't do it on my own. I'm tapped out. Where do I find help? And Psalm 121 gives us David's response. And when we look at this psalm, I wanted to try to show you one big thing, and, and it's written in your handout, and it's simply, if everything that we talk about, if you just remember this kind of one sentence, hopefully you can see the importance of this psalm. And that is, hopefully at the end of this, we can see that as Christians, we must believe that our ultimate place for help, 
protection and comfort comes from God who is our creator and sustainer. As Christians, we must believe that our ultimate place for help, protection, and comfort comes from God who is our creator and sustainer. And I want to look at this this way through four simple points, breaking down this psalm into four little two-verse sections and just show you just how God can be an amazing help in our lives. The first one is verses 1 through 2. Again, it's, Lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. And, and this is kind of a side, but there are kind of two ways to read the verse 1. Some people read it as, I'm, I'm looking up to the hills, I'm looking up to God. Or some people read it as David kind of being a little sarcastic, saying, you want me to look up somewhere else other than God? Where, my help's not going to come from that place. My help's not going to come from a hill, from a person. My help is coming from the Lord. What, whatever way you read that, that's fine. But the main purpose of that is David is saying, no matter what, my help, the one help that I need is my God. And so going back to it, we see David is out looking for help, right? This is the traveler's psalm. This is a soldier's psalm. He's looking for help. He is in need for help. You don't look for help if you don't need it. And so he's looking here and he's saying, my one help, the one thing that I'm going to focus my eyes on is God because he can help me. He can be my ultimate help. He can be the one that can help me like nobody else can. He puts his trust and his hope in God. There's a, a, when I was six years old, my family and I, we went to Bush Gardens. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Bush Gardens. I think there's one in Virginia too. Uh, but we went to the one in Tampa. It was only an hour away from our house. And I was, I was six. And, and at Bush Gardens, they have this little nursery for these animals that kind of need to be rehabilitated. And uh, you walk into it, and it's kind of just like a straight shot, and you can't really, you can either go backwards or forwards, and they have all these glass cases with a bunch of different animals. And uh, one of those glass cases was filled with ducks, and for some reason I was really fascinated by these ducks. Um, and so my entire family kind of went into this nursery, and I was in the front looking at all these animals, and I got these ducks, and I just stared at the ducks. And I was just fixated on the ducks, and in my mind I knew that my entire family was to my left, and I was in the front, and I was just staring at these ducks. And then what seemed like five minutes or whatever, I kind of snapped out of it, and I looked to my left, and my family was completely gone. And so what had happened was, without me knowing, was they just walked around me and kept on going like normal people. Um, <laughs> but in my six-year-old mind, I looked to the left, and I'm like, I'm lost. I'm gone. They left me. I'm here by myself. I don't know what's going on. And I started bawling, and I just ran out the entrance. So I ran back where I came from. I kept on crying, this little six-year-old running away. And then the, the funniest thing to me is like my dad probably was like on my other side, just like, what, what is happening? <laughs> like, but so I, I run out and I start crying and I see this giant wooden sign that's kind of like a giant map of the park. And I hide behind it, crying. I'm like, this is it. This is my life. This is where I live now. I'm going to live with the elephants. That's just, that's just what I'm doing. And so I'm sitting there crying what felt like forever and then I kind of wipe my eyes and I look around and then I look towards the entrance and I just see my dad walking around like 20 feet away from me and he just waves me over like, get, get over here. What are you doing? But in that moment when I locked eyes with him, all those worries, all those fears, all of that, oh, I've got to live with the elephants now, that's just gone. I never had to think about that ever again because I looked and I found my help. I found 
my father. And I think that is the, the idea that David is going for here. He, he it might be worried. He might be burdened. He might be exhausted physically, emotionally, spiritually. And all he has to do is just look towards his heavenly father. Look toward his Lord. And how can he be confident in that? How can he know that God is the one that's going to provide him with that help? Well, he clarifies the statement at the very end of verse 2 because he says, He made heaven and earth. The one that David's putting his ultimate help in comes not from his own strength, but it comes from the person that created all things. There's no greater help you could possibly ask for. If you're going to ask for help, you might want to get somebody who's strong, somebody who's powerful, somebody who can actually help you, and who better to be that person than God himself, the creator of all things. David's help come from the one who created all things with just a word, with the power of God himself as David's helper. So David just focuses his eyes on that. If that's the person that's got my back, then I'm good. I can do anything. I can survive whatever this travel was, whatever this battle was going to be, because my help comes from the one who created all things. And that is where our help can come from as well. There's no greater source for us for help than God himself. So he's our ultimate source of help because he's the creator of all things. And then moving even further into this psalm, verses 3 and 4, our ultimate help is always with us, right? Look, look at these verses. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. So we, we already have David establishing that. He puts his help, he focuses his eyes on God. He's the creator of all things. But on top of that, that God will not let your foot be moved and he will always be with you. So however cheesy this, this sounds, but think about an offensive line in football, right? Their number one job is to keep these 250, 300-plus pound defensive linemen from coming in, sacking the quarterback, or taking out the running back. See, God is like the world's greatest offensive line, right? He's up there blocking for you, holding the line, giving you all day to sit back in the pocket. But that kind of falls apart when you think about an offensive line and you think about what happens when an offensive lineman runs 20 yards. They're kind of gassed at the end of that. But God does not tire. God is keeping us. He's, he's holding us firm. Our foot is not going to be moved. And He can do that all day and all night. 24-7, 365. Constantly He's there for us to help us to not let our foot be moved. Another way of thinking about this is you probably have heard of the idea of kind of like, I'll be on first watch. Say you're watching a movie, um, you're, you're watching a TV show, you're reading a story about adventures going on and they have to make camp for the night. And usually they set up the camp, everything's good, and then one guy's like, I'll stay up for five hours and I'll keep watch to protect us while everybody else rests. <clears throat> what happens there is the guy on first watch goes to sleep eventually, and then there's another guy that wakes up and he, now he's on second watch, or he's up until everybody else wakes up. The crazy thing about God is that he's not just on first watch. He's always on watch for us. He's always there for us to help us when we need it. So we need to understand that, that God is the creator of all things, 
and he should be the one we place our hope in, and he should be the one that we look to ultimately for help. And we also should see that he's always with us, and he never grows tired. He is here for us, and he is never going to get fatigued or faint or grow tired or need to take a time out or need to take a nap. That's not who God is. And it's something that we cannot do as human beings. It's great to have community. It's great to have people in our lives that can be on first watch for us. But people get tired. People fail. So we need God. We need a source of help, ultimately, who will always be with us. And then moving even further into this psalm, in verses 5 and 6. So we found out that God is our ultimate place. He's the one that we should put our our hope in because He's the one that gives us help because He's the creator of all things. We also found that He's always with us and He never grows tired and He will provide for us. But He goes even further than that. God doesn't just get us by or just like, yeah, you'll survive. David points out that He does even more for us. David says that the Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. Now what David is, is saying here, he's not saying like God is like a really big hat or like a fan, or he's like God's going to give you a gazebo or something. That's not what David is saying. But think of the feeling that you get when you're, you're sitting outside in the scorching heat and then you go inside, or you have a nice cold drink, or at night when it gets really cold that you go inside to heat. You get this overwhelming sense of peace and comfort. Right, So God is also able to do that. Think about the time when David was writing. Right, They don't have electricity. They don't have AC. The, the environment they're in is kind of hot. right? And, and, and it could even be described sometimes as a desert depending on where he's traveling from. The, the idea of being in danger of heat stroke or heat exhaustion or anything severe that he could bring is reality to them. I had a buddy who was a Marine, and he was stationed over in Iraq in the height of the Iraq War, and he also took a tour in Afghanistan. And, and when he was in Afghanistan, he was basically in charge of manning a machine gun bunker in the middle of the desert, facing out into the desert, because apparently that's where an attack could come from. And he was there for three months, and he was on duty, off duty, on duty, off duty. But when he was on duty, he said, in full gear, and the sun beating down from you, the heat index was well over 100. And then he also said that at night, which was crazy to me when he told me this, at night he said it could, the windshield alone could feel like it was freezing. So he had to literally dig a hole and then lay in it and put a tarp over it so the wind would pass him by. He said the one thing that he loved the most was when he had to go away from the bunker and he could go actually into a building. He was filled with comfort and peace. He did not have to worry about the sun. He did not have to worry about praying for one cloud to pass by the sun. He did not have to worry about digging his hole that he could escape this wind chill. He found peace and comfort in the building. See, David is saying this kind of thing. Is, is God will provide you peace and comfort. He's your help. He's going to sustain you. But he can do even more for you than that. In God, you can find peace. You can find comfort. And I think that's beautiful because it shows that God is not just about getting us by, but instead He wants us to thrive and be, and be happy here on earth. And then finally, the fourth thing I wanted to point out is verse 7 through 8. Our ultimate help is also with us forever. 
Finally, after David explains all these things, again, these things that God's people already knew, these are not new things, but he's, re, he's encouraging them. People are saying that this psalm was probably one of those songs that during the march they just kind of were constantly singing over and over and over again. But David also shows at the end of this psalm that our help is with us forever. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth forevermore. God is always there for His people. God is always going to be there. He always has been there and He always will be there for His people. The God that made all things there, who chose His people, and He also chose to be a help constantly and eternally for His people. The idea of eternity to us is crazy. We can't even imagine it. Everything we have, even our milk has expiration dates. But God is always with us for all eternity, and He always has been. You can see this from the very beginning. If you look through God's Word, you start at the very beginning, and you see Adam and Eve were created, and they were given everything they could possibly want. And they sinned, and then the sin corrupted the world, and things were not the way that God made it. They were not in this place of eternal shalom. Instead, it was broken. But even through that, even when they disobeyed God, God still helped them. Right? God provided them clothing. And then you keep on looking through God's Word and you see over and over again God helping His people. You see God's people being created with Abraham, which is just a crazy story of a guy that had to leave everything because some God just said, Abraham, get up and go. And he's like, I guess I'm going now. And God helped him through it. God helped the Israelites through their captivity in Egypt and then he, made them, he had them come out and they wandered the desert and God helped them by leading them by a pillar of fire and a cloud. Like That's crazy, but God is still always there with his people helping, helping, helping. We see now in David's time, David's story is crazy too. He's a shepherd boy. He goes and he, he comes onto the scene and he kills Goliath, which is something that nobody thought could happen, but God helped him through. And then you eventually see David become king, and then you see Saul, the king, trying to fight him and trying to kill him, and he has to go into hiding all this stuff, but God is always there helping him. And then you see God's people kind of slip away from God more and more, and then you see outside forces come in and kind of disperse God's people. And then there's this period of time where, where God's people are like, where is our help coming from? And then the ultimate help comes when Christ, send, when Christ is sent for us. And He's going to come and He's going to live and He's going to die a perfect life and then He's going to conquer death. All of why? So He can help us also conquer death. And then that same God is with the early church. He's with Paul. He's with Peter. He's encouraging the early church to grow and to thrive even through persecution. And then eventually in the early church history, you see God still having the church thrive in, in Rome, which was persecuting the church. Now Christianity is kind of the core of what Rome was. That same God, the God of the Old Testament, the God of the New Testament, the God of the early church is still our God today. And He still helps His people today. Just like David was seeing just what David was looking at when he looked at God, he's like, I'm good because God has me. It's an amazing thing to think about. And it's a beautiful thing to think about that the God doesn't change and He's still for us as Christians. The God that David is looking for is the same God that we're looking for. He does not change. He does not grow faint. 
He provides us peace and comfort, and He created all things. So why do I bring this up? Why this psalm? When, when Jeff asked me to preach, I kind of went to this psalm because it was one of my favorite psalms. But why? Why did I think it was important enough to talk about it for 20 plus minutes? I think simply it's because I myself, and maybe you all, sometimes we forget about this simple, amazing truth. Maybe our lives, it's easier to focus our help in something else. Maybe our family and friends are our ultimate sense of help. And that's great. God created community and that's good and you should have it. But they're not God. But then sometimes we often place our ultimate, our ultimate help is, is not in a person, but maybe it's in our work. Maybe it's in our home. Maybe it's in our money. Maybe it's in our retirement plan. See, I wanted to focus on this psalm because sometimes I forget how easy it is just to rest in God. Just, you just got to look to Him. You got to dive into His Word. You got to read a psalm like this and just meditate on it and meditate on it and say, I want to look at God the way that David looks at God. I want to really focus my eyes on God. Sometimes it's hard, sometimes we're in a low place. Sometimes we're in a place where even, even though I could read this psalm, sometimes we might think to ourselves, God can't help me. But I just want to reiterate the fact that God always has helped His people. No matter what, even if life is hard, ultimately He has provided hope because He's the one that sent the ultimate help in Christ's Son. But sometimes it is hard. And we're sinful people and it's hard to focus on God sometimes. So I, I hope that you can read the psalm and you can be encouraged and hopefully it helps you focus your mind and your heart on God and what He has done for us. Matthew Henry, who's uh, one of my favorite commentators, wrote on this psalm and he kind of summarized the idea of the psalm in this way. He says, This psalm teaches us to stay ourselves upon God as God of power and a God all-sufficient for us. David did so and found the benefit of it. We must not rely upon creatures, upon men and means of the earth, upon, the str- upon instruments and second causes, nor make flesh our arms. Shall I depend upon the powers of the earth, upon the strength of hills, upon princes and great men? I should never expect my ultimate help to come from them. My confidence is in God. Can we say that? Can we say that our ultimate help is not on my own merit, on my own strength, whether that be physically, mentally, emotionally? Can we say that my ultimate help and my confidence is all in God? That's something that I would want to strive for. That's something that I want to live for, but sometimes I fail. So I hope this psalm can be encouragement to you when you're failing that you can come to a place where you can look at God the way that David looks at God even when it's hard, even when life is a mess, and when it can sometimes seem out of control, God is still here for us. He is our ultimate help, and, he, and it comes from the One who made all things. He's our ultimate help, and He's always with us. He's our ultimate help, and He also brings us peace and comfort. And He's our ultimate help, and He is with us to help us forever. So as Christians, we must believe that our ultimate place for help, protection and comfort, comes from God is the creator and sustainer of all things. Let's pray. Dear God, we thank you for this truth. We thank you for this time where we come and just focus our hearts on you, God. 
for those who are struggling to focus their eyes on You and, and to place their faith and their hope on You, I hope that You strengthen them so that they can see the beauties of what Your help truly means in their life, God. We ask that You are with us and You constantly are there for us and we are aware of it, God, even when life is hard and things are not easy. Let us be fixated on who You are and You are where our help comes from. We want to give You all the praise, all the honor and glory, for You are the only one worthy of it. Amen. Amen. As we prepare to meet Jesus at the Lord's table, let's declare together with this song that He is our ultimate help. We need Him. Let's sing to Him now. Lord, I come, I confess, bowing here, I find my rest, and without you, I fall apart, you're the one that guides my heart. Lord, I need you, oh, I need you, every hour I need you, my one defense, my righteousness, oh God, how I need you, Lord, I need you, oh, Oh God, how I need you. Amen. Let's take a moment now and pray together and confess our sin together. Um, confess the reason he had to come and die for us. Let's pray. Father, we, we cannot escape the fact that we need you. We need you. We need you to be with us. We need you to give us strength and peace. We need to know that you are going to be with us forever. And yet the way that we've lived our lives flies in the face of that. We think that we need no one. We live as if we need no one. Um, We often ignore you and your word and your desires for us. Father, we pray that you would forgive us. We pray that you forgive us for looking to things other than you to be our help. We pray that you would forgive us for looking to ourselves as if we needed no help. Father, we now take a moment just in in the silence and the privacy of our own hearts to confess maybe the, the different things this past week that we've looked to to get help from, the different ways that we've lived independently of you. We confess those things to you now.
grace is sufficient for us. Your help is perfect. That in Christ uh, we have um, one who has made us right, who has given us peace with you. We thank you for the life that he lived, the death that he died for us to pay for our sin. We praise you that he is no longer dead, that he's alive. We pray that you'd help us to rest in him today. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We're now going to pronounce our affirmation of faith using the Apostles' Creed. It's printed in your order of worship. Let's read this out loud together. Hope Church, what do you believe? I believe in God, the Father Almighty, the maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. We now have an opportunity to be reminded that God has helped us. He has given us the help that we need, particularly in light of our sin, in light of our guilt and our shame. He has sent his son, as Tyler just talked about. He has sent his son to live, to die, and to rise again, that we might be brought near to God, that we might know that God will never leave us that he will always be with us, that we can count on him to have our back. We can count on him to always be on watch. We can count on him to be our help 24-7. It's this fact that Jesus has lived and died and risen again that we can know that we have peace and joy and hope. Rest in that today. Take hold of that today. Rejoice in that today. And know that God is with you. If this is true for you, if, you, if, you, if you've come to the place in your life where you're like, yes, I need Jesus. I need God's help. I need the sacrifice of Jesus to know that I'm going to be okay, to know that God has accepted me and loves me, that he is with me, then this meal is for you. Take and eat and drink. If you're here this morning and and you're not sure that that you've ever come to a place where you you said, God, I need you, and God, I'm going to trust you, and I I believe in what Jesus has done for me, then then I would encourage you to let the elements pass, and and please find me later, and and I'd I'd love to talk to you more about what it means to, to trust in Jesus and to rest in what he has done for you and to know the joy that he offers you. I'd also ask if there are any kids here who have not gone through the new members class or the, the communicants class and met with the elders, if you would let the elements pass as well. Listen now to the words of institution from Matthew 26. Now as they were eating, Jesus took bread and after blessing it, broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body. And he took a cup and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them saying, drink of it all of you. For this is my blood of the covenant which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. 
I tell you, I will not drink again of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. It is here that we have an opportunity to remember, to look back of, on what Jesus has done. It, we have an opportunity to, to meet him spiritually, to be fed spiritually in a special way, in a mysterious way where, where the Spirit of God will, will, will bring Jesus to us and nourish us and strengthen us. It's an opportunity to look forward to when Jesus will return and we will celebrate. We will celebrate. Like we, we can't even imagine what that's going to be like. So I invite you to come. And, and as I pray, if the ushers could come forward. Let's pray together. Father, we pray that you would help us now. That this wouldn't just be a ritualistic thing that we do. Um, a religious thing that we do. We, we pray that, uh, that we would approach this uh, little piece of cracker and this juice with eyes of faith. That you would help us to, to see your help for us in Christ. And that you would help us to, to take it in. And to know it anew. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.
Let's pray together. Father, we, we thank you for your help that you've given us. It's too small of a word even to think about what you have done for us. But we are grateful. We pray that you would help us to believe it, to believe that you are our helper, to live it out, to know that you are our helper. Father, we thank you for the gift of your Son, the gift of your grace. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. sin runs deep. Where sin runs deep, your grace is more. Where grace is found is where you are. And where you are, Lord, I am free. Holiness is Christ in me. And where you are, Lord, I am free. Holiness is Christ in me. Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you. Every hour I need you. My one defense, my righteousness, Oh God, how I need you. So teach my song to rise to you. When temptation comes my way. And when I cannot stand or fall on you. Jesus, you're my hope and stay. And when I cannot stand or fall on you. Jesus, you're my hope and stay. Lord, I need you. Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you. Every hour I need you. My one defense, my righteousness. Oh, God, how I need you. Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you. Every hour I need you. My one defense, my righteousness. Oh, God, how I need you. I will build my life. I will build my life upon your love. It is a firm foundation. I will put my trust in you alone. And I will not be shaken. I 
will build my life upon your love. It is a firm foundation. I will put my trust in you alone, and I will not be shaken. Holy, there is no one like you. There is none beside you. Open up my eyes in wonder and show me who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me in your love to those around me. Father, we pray that you would help us to know that you are the one uh, worth building our lives upon. You are the one who can truly give us the help that we need. Help us to know that, believe that, and live it out. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, uh, just a one quick announcement. Um, there's a couple things we're doing this fall. They're not printed in the, in the, the bulletin. But uh, the, the Randolph Country Fair is happening on September... September 22nd, we're doing the Randolph Country Fair, which is um, right up the road. We're going to do a booth. We're going to have crafts for kids and stuff like that. There's a sign-up sheet for that and for the fall festival, which is going to be in October. I think it's October 20th. So um, if you know your schedule already for those two days and you are able to just put your name down on the, on the volunteer form, we could use all the help we can get on those days. It's pretty simple for the Randolph Country Fair. Just show up and hang out at the booth and talk to people that come by and help kids like color in a sheet or something like that. It's not too difficult. Um, and then there's all sorts of things we need help with with the fall festival. So uh, start uh, put put those things on your calendar at the very least, and um, and plan on helping out and plan on inviting people to the fall festival later in October. Um, the prayer team again. I've been gone all week. I think I sent out a thing. Was it you? Oh, good man. <laughs> right next to me. All right, Sandy and Andy are going to be right up here in the corner. If you have anything that you would like them to pray for, do not hesitate to take, to take advantage of that. Come up here and ask them to pray for you, and they would be happy to. Um, with that, is there anything else anybody needs to me- mention? No. Okay. With that, hear now God's benediction. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Now go forth, remembering that God's love is real that you might risk everything for him and for others.